Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. So you may have caught that I took the audio out of a video that I did for the video channels and posted that as an episode. And this is just a supplement of things that I wanted to get to today, but I wasn't going to put it into the video itself. And just as I was getting ready to come on here, I came across something that is very disgusting. So teachers are not happy about the banning of critical race theory, and they are going on to platforms such as TikTok to voice their outrage and denouncing the moves. And then they go off and they talk about how there's how critical race theory is about racial equity and that teachers, and this is what really gets sickening, that teachers have always been activists. No, teachers are not activists. They're supposed to be educators. They're supposed to be impartial and objective educators. This whole view that teachers are supposed to be activists just goes to show what is wrong with the public education system, that these educators are complete frauds. The academic community is complete frauds. They are not educators. They're indoctrination centers. These teachers are a complete and total disgrace to the profession to which they claim to belong to. Teachers are not supposed to be activists, and yet they're going out there and trying to denounce it and try to claim that critical race theory is about racial equity, (laughs) equity, however it is they're trying to uh, define that. But teachers think that it's proper activism to teach kids from preschool through the end of their education to hate each other based off of skin color, to hate the country and to advocate for the overthrow of the constitutional republic to be replaced with an authoritarian government under socialism. These teachers need to be fired and replaced. Heck, don't even require a teaching degree. Just let normal parents step up to the plate. I mean, when you really take a look at the education field, these educators don't really have that hard of a job once they start getting into first, second, and third grade. I mean, they have teachers' editions of the books giving them all the answers step by step. It's not that hard. And coming from a parent who homeschools their kids, I know exactly how easy it is to actually teach. In fact, in homeschool, we're able to teach the kids better, more effectively. We're able to cover more subjects so that they learn more things. We're able to pace out the education so that the kids do not get overwhelmed. And it's far superior. But where the hell do these teachers get the idea that they are supposed to be activists in the classroom to actively promote left-wing ideology, anti-American garbage? All these teachers, they really need to be fired and replaced because what they are doing is sick and wrong. These teachers are no different than the instructors and the Hitler Youth Program. That's how bad they are. And they do not like the fact that For the first time, they're being smacked down for their misbehavior, and they're acting like a bunch of whiny-ass children. You know what? You do bad things, you get bad consequences, and it is just unbelievable, the arrogance. But of course they're arrogant. They're dictators in their classroom. They get to go off and spend most of their career with nothing they say ever being challenged with a captive audience forced to regurgitate everything they say and suck up to them or be punished with bad grades. Yeah, when the real world happens, leftists can't have ha- can't handle it. But yeah, the, these so-called educators are a complete and total disgrace to their profession. And the fact that they actually believe 
and actually view themselves and the classroom as a place for activism, how the hell do these people get their jobs? We have some of the worst, most morally corrupt people in charge of our kids' education, and it is sickening. Okay, so moving beyond that, just a couple of articles uh, that I want to get to here uh, real quick, real short. So Choi Behart of The View attempts to go out there and blame Trump for the greatest crime rise in modern American history. Blame Trump? Blame Trump? First of all, the left's engagement in violence and domestic terrorism started off in the Obama administration, as Obama gave lip service and support to the violent left-wing extremists. You can go back through and take a look. I mean, we got news archives of this, and especially with what we saw when Trump was campaigning, what the left was engaged in uh, with Antifa and such, that they were engaged in mass domestic violence and crimes and domestic terrorism. But they want to go off and blame Trump. Hmm. How the heck can you blame Trump? Trump was out there trying to go off and trying to stop the violence. He was out there trying to go off and say, hey, you need to cut this out. You need to enforce law and order. It was the left-wing mayors and left-wing governors that gave aid, comfort, and support to the criminals who blocked federal law enforcement from being able to crack down on the nightly acts of domestic terrorism. It was the left-wing mayors and governors who went off to release criminals from prison and then demonize the police and think, hey, I know, we're going to prosecute police officers for doing their job, for enforcing the laws. We're going to let criminals be rewarded if they sue through settlements if a police officer tried to do their job. And if a police officer has the misguided conception to arrest a criminal, we're just going to release them right back onto the street where they're free to once again engage in violence and acts of domestic terrorism. And yet somehow it's Trump's fault that the Democrats released criminals onto the street. Somehow it's uh, Trump's fault that Democrats gave aid, comfort, and support to criminals engaged in acts of domestic violence. Somehow it's Trump's fault that the left was calling actively for violence against any conservative or anybody with any different political opinions and beliefs. Oh, yes, it's somehow Trump's fault. See, the left is always about trying to blame other people for the results of the actions and behaviors of the left. It is sickening, and they think they can get away with this. I mean, I just need to ask here, do the women on The View show up every day to work drunk and high? Is that what's going on here? They are so stoned out of their mind that they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I mean, they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. It's just a matter of trying to figure out why, whether it is because they are that completely stupid or whether they spend all day, every day, drunk and high, having no grasp in reality. Oh, I don't know. Somehow it's Trump's fault. I know it can't be our fault. Our actions never have consequences. So, yes, it must be somehow Trump's fault. So we're just going to blame Trump and hope that somebody is dumb enough to believe us. But what the hell, you know, I mean, we've been trying to blame Republicans for everything the Democrats do for the last 60 years. Unbelievable that they're able to go through. And I know, I know, I can't do a Joy Behart impression to save my life. But that's really what it seems like. Okay, now another issue that has come up, Democrats are getting completely pissed off and upset with the Catholic Church and the fact that they may deny Biden communion. In fact, it's not just targeted at Biden, it's targeted at all politicians who support 
abortion, to be denied communion. And the left is going up and saying, hey, you're trying to weaponize religion. And if you do this, we'll revoke your tax-exempt status if you deny communion to Biden. Which, by the way, um, it's illegal under the Constitution to target people on religion, by the way, Democrats. If you try to go off and revoke the tax-exempt status for a particular church, just for abiding by its faith, but not to other churches that bow down to you, you are basically establishing what religion you deem is and is not acceptable, and you are in violation of the Constitution. And yes, churches do have the right to excommunicate people and deny them holy sacraments or communion if those people actually do not believe or abide by the faith. It is not that hard. I mean, this is one of those things where the Democrats They try to pretend like they have any Christian belief or values or moral systems. And they do this, you know, for public pretense and as a shield. You know, I'm a Christian and then goes off and attacks everything Christian, but tries to use the fact that they attend a church as a shield. It's all public pretense. And yet everything that they do in their personal life and in their service in public office is in complete violation of the faith, and not only complete violation of the faith, but they go through and they attack the faith. So why should the church go off and offer communion to someone who obviously doesn't actually believe in any of the teachings of that church, who obviously is not really a Christian? Why should they help that politician engage in a fraud? I mean, this would be the same thing as people, I mean, Democrats claiming to be Catholic, right, and attending church, it's just as fraudulent as people who would go into the confession booth to confess their sins, even though they don't actually believe what they did is a sin and they have no intentions of not of not doing it again. I mean, they have every intention of doing it again. They just go to confession, so they believe that, okay, I can commit any sin I want, I can violate the faith all I want, and as long as I confess it in the confession booth, it's all good, it's all good. No, you actually have to feel guilty about what you did and seeking forgiveness when you go to confession, at least as far as I understand it. I'm not Catholic. I'm, you know, I'm Methodist. So we don't actually have, you know, the confessional. But in any event, you know, and by the way, I no, I do not go to church on a regular basis because I don't see any legitimate churches in my area. I'm sorry, but if you're a church and you're advocating for something that is in direct violation of what the Bible teaches, you're not a legitimate church to me. And unfortunately, I live in an area where there is no legitimate church. So the Catholics, you know, they have a lot more stricter rules, as I understand. But yes, you know, if Biden is going to go out there and, you know, attack the Christian faith, promote policies that are in direct opposition to the Christian faith, you know, and try and champion them, such as abortion, and then expects to be able to go to church every Sunday just to be forgiven and offered, you know, the communion and the holy sacrament and such. I mean, he's just he's just making a mockery of the faith. And I do believe that the churches should be able to enforce upon politicians what they would enforce on any other member of the church. That hey, you either actually abide by the faith or stop pretending. You know, stop pretending. You know, we're not going to indulge 
you unless you're actually a, a believer or at least want to be a believer. So the Democrats are upset because they're no longer able to use the church in order to pull off the fraud that they try to commit again and again and again, trying to use the church as a shield against you know claims of the Democrats being what they really are. And so this whole, hey, you either act in violation of your teachings and offer communions to people who obviously have no belief in what it is you're doing, or we're going to take away your tax-exempt status and only provide tax-exempt status to churches who violate and bastardize their faith in order to fit the politics of the Democrats. There is no part of traditional American values and systems that are not under attack by the Democrats at this particular point in time. And in complete hypocrisy, Democrat senators say Republicans abused corrupt filibuster. But then Jake Tapper reminds him, you've used it too. Okay, so there's always this fight about the filibuster, where the minority party is always using the filibuster to try and block the agenda of the majority party. And this happens all the time. The Republicans have used it whenever the Democrats were in majority. And the Democrats have used it every time the Republicans were in a majority. But they always act like it's an outrage when the other side uses it, but perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable whenever they use it. Look, we're tired of this political theater. You know, it, it, it is just, it's like, how is this different than anything else that both sides have done for the past few decades? I mean, you're talking about the Democrat Party being upset about a filibuster. They filibustered all the time under the Trump administration. In fact, they went through and made sure to stall and slow down the process of seating uh, the administration of Trump. I mean, at the rate they were going, it was on course to take nearly the entire first term of Trump's presidency in order to get his administration fully staffed and seated. Now, luckily, I think they were able to bust through or come to some sort of compromise where the Democrats would stop slow walking and stop, you know, um, I wouldn't say filibustering, but demanding full 30-hour debates on every nominee. What was it, 30 or 70 hours worth of debate on every nominee? So it is just horrible. And now the Democrats, of course, want to go off and say, hey, now that we're in the majority, we want to get rid of the filibuster so that we can overthrow free and fair elections and therefore, we don't have to worry about what will happen when the Republicans get in charge, because the Republicans will never get in charge ever again if the Democrats succeed in eliminating free and fair elections from ever taking place ever again. Now, Jake Tapper, he's one of those people who, when Democrats are in charge, likes to pretend that he's a journalist uh, when Democrats are in charge. But when Republicans are in charge, his true stripes show, and his true stripes are He's just a complete and total fraud and hack as everyone else in the media. But, you know, I guess, you know, give him credit where credit is due, calling out the Democrats on their hypocrisy in this particular instance. And one last thing that I want to cover, and it kind of goes through with Joe Biden, you know, his statement that, oh, you know what? The Constitution doesn't apply. I can do whatever I want. You actually don't have any rights under the Constitution unless we agree to let you have those rights and we can revoke them at any time. You know, because Joe Biden is supreme leader, like North Korea's Kim Jong-un. You know, I mean, it was disgusting to hear him talk about, you know, those who think the Second Amendment will protect them from a tyrannical government. Forget 
that you, the government has nukes. You know, it, I mean, it is disgusting to hear him talk like that. But the Democrats are going off there and they're trying to come up with an excuse and trying to bullshit their way into gun control legislation, which, by the way, gun control under the Constitution, completely unconstitutional. The ban on fully automatic weapons is completely unconstitutional. I mean, if you read the Constitution, right, and you read the Second Amendment, you know, uh, what does it say? I know it talks a little bit about a militia up front, but what is the militia? You and me, any able-bodied person, uh, adult, capable of picking up a gun. That was the definition of a militia. So it's just everybody or every adult. And it says the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, period. It doesn't say except. It doesn't say unless. It doesn't provide any exceptions to that rule. So all gun control laws are unconstitutional. But the government, they don't give a rat's ass about the Constitution whatsoever. They violate it all the time. They operate completely outside the Constitution. But the Democrats are going through and trying to push for the idea that they can do gun control and overthrow the Second Amendment. And they're trying to use rising crime, you know, and increased gun violence. Isn't it amazing how increased gun violence happens under the Democrats when the Democrats are in charge and they're in charge of the DOJ, they're in charge of whether or not to prosecute people, that suddenly crime rises, that suddenly criminals feel like they get a free pass on everything? It is really amazing how that happens. But they try to use the rising crime rates as a justification or a claim that they are justified and capable of eliminating the Second Amendment without a constitutional amendment. And as they do that, they come out with a report. And here's what that sounds like. And I want to know from you whether or not you catch the trend. All right. So here it is. President Biden is unveiling a new initiative aimed at tackling what he calls the nation's gun violence epidemic. The president will lay out his administration's strategy this afternoon. Initiatives include stemming the flow of illegal guns, supporting local law enforcement, and investing in community violence intervention methods. The administration will also expand summer programming and employment opportunities for teenagers and young adults. The plan also lays out a strategy to help formerly incarcerated individuals successfully re-enter their communities. The president hopes his plan can curb the nationwide spike in gun-related crimes. According to the White House, homicides were 24 percent higher in the first quarter of this year when compared to the same period last year. Cities like New York, Los Angeles, and Philadelphia have all seen increases in deadly shootings since the start of 2021. Now, here is a point that is completely lost on the left is that when you go through and you take a look at the 24% rise in gun violence, it's not across the country. In fact, it's all localized in Democrat-controlled cities and, dare say, in large portion in Democrat-controlled states. These are areas of the country that have gun control laws and have some of the strictest gun control laws in the nation. And yet that's the areas in which gun violence is on the rise. You want to know what's not on that list? Texas. San Antonio, Austin, Texas, none of the big cities in Republican-controlled states with Republican mayors. None of those cities are on this list for, you know, for big increases in gun violence across the country. No, it is in the Democrats' areas with gun control. And Republican areas with little to no gun control, there is no increase in gun violence. In fact, gun violence 
It is far less in those areas than in Democrat-controlled areas. And so you would think the Democrats might get a clue. The more they enact gun control policy, the worse gun violence gets. It turns out when you disarm the victim, the criminals get more emboldened and get more brazen with their criminal activity. And yet, on the flip side, the more you allow citizens to arm themselves, the more the uh, criminal element loses their spine, shall we say. You know, just trying to keep it a little friendly here. So just kind of an observation, an observation that is lost on the left. All right, so that's it uh, for this very short supplemental episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back again soon.